to the Power of Five podcast with Glenn Blakeney. Join us for revelatory teaching as well as riveting discussions and guest interviews on all things fivefold ministry. Welcome to the Power of Five podcast. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Thank you so much for joining us today for episode number three. I want to give a shout out to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast. It is growing, and in particular, New Zealand. Thank you so much for listening. We are doing very well in New Zealand right now. Well, today we're going to take a deep dive into Ezekiel chapter 37. And we're going to go into a place of really unpacking the five elements of God's working to bring restoration and the resurrection of the body of Christ. As we looked at in the last session, Ezekiel 37, of course, is when the prophet is asked by the Lord himself if these bones can live. Now, the context, of course, is the Spirit of the Lord takes the prophet, sets him out into the midst of the valley, and there he sees all these bones, very many, very dry, they are strewn, and the Lord speaks to him and says, Son of man, what do you think? Is there hope? Can resurrection come out of this scene of death? So the prophet does what he was commanded, and he begins to prophesy to the dry bones. And we saw that there was a rattling, there's noise as the bones come together, bone to bone, and then eventually sinew, skin, and breath enters it, and we see the raising up of an exceedingly great army. Well, it's my contention that this is a prophetic picture of what God wants to see in the sense that the Lord is wanting to raise up the body of Christ on the earth today. And as we look at the aspects of what actually happened when the prophet released the word of the Lord, we see at least five things that occurred. Number one, we spoke of reparation repairing the brokenness. Of course, think about this. Those bones were brittle. They were broken. They were fragmented. They were fractured. And before they could certainly hold up the weight of a body, there needed to be a healing that would take place. So there is a strengthening. There is a healing of the bones as the prophet prophesies. Secondly, we see reconciliation. In other words, we see the bones being attached to the bones. And today, more than ever, we need to see the body of Christ come together. Many of us are body parts, but we're not part of the body. God wants to bring us together so that we're no longer functioning autonomously according to our gifts, but we recognize that we are literally just one piece of the anatomy. We are members of the body of Christ, and we need each other. Thirdly, reformation. Reformation is the reforming of this body. It's very important that we understand that reformation precedes revival. If we are going to see something sustainable, a move of God that doesn't ebb and flow and gets greater and greater in strength, going from glory to glory until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to focus on reformation. Guys, we can pray, we can fast, we can do all these things, and certainly it's very important, but ultimately the Lord has a reformation that he wants us to embrace. And that reformation has to do with the fivefold coming together. We will not see the full measure of the grace of God manifested on the earth 
until we see the restoration of the fivefold ministry coming together, serving as one body and functioning in the sense of equipping the saints so that each person functions according to their place, their role, their gifts, and their contribution in the kingdom. So there needs to be this reforming, this work of building according to the pattern and the blueprints that Jesus Christ gave us rather than just revival. And of course, ultimately, after the bodies are formed and there's this coming together of the bones and the sinew and the skin, which speaks of structure, then we see at that point, the breath of God enters into these bodies and they become an exceedingly great army. And this speaks of revival, of life being poured into what God has ordained. The Lord needs a temple. He needs a body. He's called for that before he pours out his spirit. And we see this repeatedly. One of the greatest examples is in Ezekiel chapter 25, verse 8 and 9, where the Lord says that he wants to dwell among his people. But he says, let them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. In other words, God is saying they need to build me a structure. There needs to be a body, so to speak, where I can come and inhabit my people and dwell in their midst. And today we see this in the new covenant, that we are called to be the temple of the living God. We're called to be a habitation of God by the spirit so that he comes and he dwells in our midst. And ultimately, this leads to the fifth aspect or the fifth expression of what we see happening in the story of Ezekiel, and that is when the bodies are raised up. And of course, we only have one body in the New Testament, and that body is the body of Christ. And we are living in a time and a season where God wants to bring restoration to his kingdom. God wants to bring restoration, the New Testament way of doing things, so that ultimately we can see the representation of the body of Christ. You know, I love what Jesus said when he said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But when you study Ephesians and Colossians closely, we recognize that the Apostle Paul is essentially saying, when you look at the church, you see Christ himself. Because why? Because we are the body of Christ, and we are called to represent him on the earth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23 in the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. Listen to this. It says, the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. If the world is going to see Jesus, not religion or denominationalism, then it's only going to occur when the body of Christ is raised up, because in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Likewise, Paul continues in Ephesians 3.19, he's praying for the church. He says that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you, the church, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. The prayer of the Lord, the cry of the apostle, 
is that God's body would be restored and represented to the world in which we live. In the Old Testament, the Lord cries out that he sought for a man among them. In the New Testament, the cry is he is seeking the body to be raised up in order to represent Christ to the world today. It is so important that we align ourselves with this scriptural pattern. God is bringing reformation and restoration to his church in this season. He's restoring the fivefold. There is revelation that has been given to us so that we can walk in consecration and we can have clarification and ultimately we can make our contribution individually and we become that body as we fit together as those living stones perfectly joined together. The Power of Five podcast will be right back after this short break. Hello, everyone. Have you heard of my new podcast called The Power of Five, where we talk about all things fivefold ministry? This is Glenn Blakeney of Awake Nations Ministries. I encourage you to join us each week as we bring some of the most knowledgeable kingdom leaders from around the globe into the studio to chat about this current season of Reformation and specifically how the restoration of the fivefold ministry plays such an integral role in what the Lord is doing to restore and raise up a glorious church in these days. Hallelujah. So guys, please subscribe to The Power of Five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And would you also consider leaving a review, rating the podcast, and sharing on social media with your friends? Together, let's recover the glory of the Lord as we contend for reformation, revival, the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth. to the The Power Power of Five Five podcast. You know, in the New Testament, we read in Acts 4, verse 33, that the early church experienced great grace and power. And I want you to think about that. Great grace in the original language means mega grace. And so there is an extraordinary measure of grace that is being poured out. And according to Ephesians 4, it's according to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that the fivefold is given. And ultimately, five is the number of grace. The early church recognized and received from all members of the fivefold ministry. As a result, the manifold or multifaceted grace of God was dispensed, resulting in the body of Christ experiencing numerical and spiritual growth, maturity, edification, equilibrium, and extension. As every man has received the gift, Peter says, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There's no way we're going to experience the complete mega grace of God without seeing the fivefold ministry equipping and raising up the saints together. This is such an important thing. You know, when you look around today, isn't it interesting that we have prophetic conferences? We have evangelistic conferences where all the evangelists get together 
and the prophets get together, the apostles get together. The reality is we do need to gather with others who are of the same fivefold ministry office, but we need one another. Apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers need to interact together. We need to learn from one another and we need to receive from one another. Today, the church has been fragmented and we're lopsided, we're asymmetrical in many ways. And this is because we have not embraced the fullness of the fivefold. We have churches, for example, that emphasize evangelism. They're very, very proficient at evangelism, but they do not teach and disciple others in the deep things of God. Then we have prophetic churches. They're constantly seeking the next word of the Lord, but they've never engaged in the last words of Jesus, go into all the world. We have other churches that teach and teach, but yet they never witness the supernatural demonstration of the spirit that we see in the life of the prophet, the evangelist, and particularly the apostle with signs and wonders following. Beloved, there is a better way. Great grace is available. The fullness of Christ, the full measure of Jesus living in his body as each individual member of the fivefold makes their contribution, and we do this together in tandem. God is calling the church back to a place where we recognize that we are the body of Christ. You read this repeatedly, particularly in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, where he talks about the church being the body of Christ. This is particularly evident in the New Living Translation, where he says the church is the body of Christ, and then elsewhere he says the body of Christ is the church. Guys, we need to see the body of Christ resurrected and raised up. Just as Jesus' body was raised from the dead physically upon his resurrection, we are now in a time where God is spiritually wanting to raise up the body of Christ to represent Jesus, to show Jesus, to manifest his Son to the inhabitants of the earth, that his glory and the knowledge of Jesus Christ would be disseminated as we walk in that anointing and we carry his power to the nations of the earth. God is bringing us back to a place of order. And it's very interesting. When you look at the word that is translated equip in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, it says, of course, that he gave the fivefold to equip the saints. That's what the new King James says. The King James says the perfecting of the saints. It's the equipping of the saints. It's an interesting term. It's the word katartismos, and it's only found one time in the New Testament. But there's a derivative term, which is katartizo, which is used repeatedly in the New Testament. Let me just share with you some examples of how this word katartizo is translated in various places in our English Bible. First of all, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, the word katartizo is translated to bring into order. When God spoke and he created cosmos out of the chaos when the world was created. In 1 Thessalonians 3.10, it's used of bringing to completion that which is lacking in another's faith. Another example, this is one of my favorite examples of the word katartizo, is Luke chapter 6, verse 40, where it says that the student is not above the teacher, but when the student has been 
perfectly trained, he will be like his teacher. Well, those two words, perfectly trained, is the single Greek word katartizo, means to bring to a place of maturity, to bring to a place of completion, to bring to a place of order and function in terms of what God wants to happen. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, the word katartizo is translated amending a torn fishing net. It's very interesting in the Gospels, there are two supernatural fishing stories that illustrate the equipping process. The first account is found in Luke chapter 5 and the second in John chapter 21. In the former, Simon Peter had been fishing all night to no avail. Jesus shows up and tells him, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Initially, Simon Peter hesitates, but eventually he complies. And when he does, there is an incredible miracle that takes place. There is a great number of fish that is caught. And it specifically says in verse 6 of Luke chapter 5 that the net was breaking. Very interesting. Just keep that in mind. Now, three years later, after Jesus' death and resurrection, and he appears to his disciples on the earth during a 40-day period of time, one occasion we see the disciples, they'd gone back to fishing. They didn't know what to do. And like many of us, when we're unsure of what the future holds, we go back, we revert to those things that we're comfortable with. We return to the familiar. And so again, they're fishing, but Deja vu, they're not able to catch any fish. And Jesus cries out to them from the shore and he asks them, have you caught any fish? They didn't recognize it was the master, of course, but they said, no, we don't have anything. And he says, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And immediately the disciples catch so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. John 21 verse 6. But I want you to notice something. Sometimes we say the devil is in the details. God is in the details. We notice that it says in verse 11 that Simon Peter went up and he dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Now, guys, this is so powerful. This is so profound. In the first account, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when he had initially called and summoned the disciples to come and follow him, the miracle takes place, and yet the net breaks. Then, of course, the commandment is, come and follow me, I will make you fishers of men, implying a process. For the ensuing three years, the disciples walk closely with Jesus he changes their lives, he develops them, and he builds them up, and he trains them, and he prepares them eventually to take his kingdom gospel to the nations of the earth. And so here they are now for three years. They've gone deep with the Lord. Interestingly, Jesus said to Peter, make sure that you launch out into the deep. So they go deep with the Lord for three years. And during this time, they begin to develop they begin to mature and they are equipped. And ultimately at the end of three and a half years, now this time the fishing miracle occurs and the net does not break. 
153 large fish. St. Jerome says 153 represents the nations of the earth. Well, we don't know if that's true or not, but ultimately it was a large amount of very big fish, and yet the nets did not break. The net was not broken. It's so important that we understand this. So here, what we see is a process in which Jesus is equipping the saints. He's preparing them. He's pouring into the disciples, getting them ready to become the persons that he's created them to be. He is doing a work in their life. He is mending the areas of brokenness in their lives. And then he is also not only repairing them, but he's preparing them just as you mend a torn fishing net so that you can take it out and use it again to catch fish. So God mends our lives to prepare us to be used for his services. And this is what the gospel is all about. The equipping of the saints is God mending us of our brokenness. God taking those areas in our life in which we are we are torn, in which we need repair and healing. There is a work of mending. God wants to mend us before he sends us. And ultimately, that sending is to do his will. It's to fulfill the great commission. The Bible is clear that the Lord has called us to a place that we are called to be like Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that. What is discipleship? Discipleship, ultimately, as we've already implied in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, where the word karatizo is used of the student who's perfectly trained. That student may not be better than his teacher, but he will become like his teacher. You see, guys, we're living in a time and a season where God wants to mend us to send us but he also wants to blend us. And what do I mean by that? Well, 1 Corinthians 1.10 says that there would be no divisions among you, that you be of the same mind and judgment, and that you be perfectly joined together. Well, guess what? The word that is translated perfectly joined together is none other than karatizo. There is a work of God bringing his body together. He mends us, he blends us and he sends us that we would represent him well on the earth. We are called to take this gospel of the kingdom to the nations of the earth. We are called to function together and to manifest and represent Jesus Christ himself to the earth. Guys, we are living in a day when God is about to send his spirit in such a powerful way but it's not so much that we're crying out to him, God send revival, but God is speaking to us. Church, prepare yourself. Go back to the ancient ways. Build according to the blueprints and the pattern of the fivefold. Seek first my kingdom. Advance my kingdom on the earth. Equip and mobilize the entire body of Christ so that each person is healed, each person is whole, each person is prepared, each person is equipped with all that they need to be able to make their contribution and function in a way that brings edification, unity, and harmony to the body of Christ, resulting in the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. 
This is the purpose of the fivefold. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to equip the church to build up the body of Christ, to see the kingdom of God advance on the earth. We come to the place of the unity of the faith. We're not tossed to and fro by false doctrine, but we literally grow in the very image and nature of Christ, the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, and each one of us makes our contribution. And as every joint supplies, as every part makes its contribution and does its share, we see the body of Christ built up, full of love, and manifesting the glory of God on the earth. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's teaching. Thanks for listening to the Power of Five podcast. Be sure to visit kingdomcommunity.global to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our awesome bonus content. See you next time on the Power of Five.